I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Wednesday. Dame scores 61. Blazers win and are now favorites to get the eighth playoff spot in the West. Would this be the best eighth seed ever? We'll tell you. The Phoenix Suns bubble has not burst. 7-0 straight up. 7-0 against the spread. Now they're the second favorite for that final playoff spot. SEC, ACC, Big 12 still alive, but college football betting isn't. We've got that news and the key factor that the amateurs are missing. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. We need to get a longer theme song. I'm still out of breath from that. Shouting the headlines, baby, but they're big ones, and it should be an exciting show. We're live from Las Vegas, live on FSR, live on 225 stations across this great, great nation. Steve Fez again, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Some of you do your packs on those days. Fezzik comes to work. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. Fez, where's my money? I gave it to you Monday. I've resigned. Wait, remember you, so that two hundred was from the or that hundred was from that? Yes. Oh, I thought you were paying off one of your old debts. You you had me beaten so badly. I I sur- I didn't surrender. I just paid up at halftime, knowing I was dead with my bet. Jonas, he's in L.A. He's the Joe amongst us, Jonas Knox. Let me ask you a question. What do you think of the domination of Fezzik? I I was thinking in the shower today (laughs) that if he just had moved to town, he would try to get his old job back. I would have broken his confidence so much he couldn't like stay and be a professional batter. He's got 20 years of success, so he knows this is an aberration against me. I don't understand. I mean, if you had just come to town, I'm sorry, Joe, would you be thinking about getting your old job back? Oh, if I had the results I had, I'd have to get my old job back versus well, you. Well, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. How do you look at it, Jonas? It, it's like the uh, Roy Jones-Antonio Tarver rivalry back in the day. Nobody could beat Roy Jones, but Antonio Tarver just had his number. And when they met for the rematch after the first fight was disputed and went to Roy Jones, Antonio Tarver said to him, you got any excuses tonight? And then not knocked him out in the second. It just feels like a bad matchup for him. Yeah, I, and you know what's fascinating? I wonder right now, I mean, this is Steve Fazek is the only guy to win the Super Contest twice. It is like the World Series of Poker. It's just that simple. He's as good as an NFL handicapper as walks the earth. He can't, I mean, it, we're now moving towards what? Like 70, 80 picks in the last year and change, and or bets between us, and you're like maybe 20%. And I'm 11 and 0, documented on this show with best bets, and yet you, you were, never you, go you against were, me on, on those 11. You were, well, the day that happens, that's good. I mean, the, t- the, the tweets I've been getting, whoo wee. So great show, but again, 
I think that the the whole nation is 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 running to the window to bet against you when I buck you. Oh, no doubt. (laughs) And RJ, on a day in which we've got Jerry Jones speaking about fans possibly at Cowboys games, we've got the Big Twelve moving forward with their season. What is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? As Fez would say, Dame time. Yeah, Damian Lillard, it was a impressive performance to say the least. Last night, Dame Lillard, 61 points in Portland's 134-131 win over the Dallas Mavericks. Portland now all by themselves in the eighth seed in the race to clinch that final playoff spot. And we have the odds, and Vegas has the betting odds, and then there's the models that the various high IQ sites do. We like the ringer. Their model. Now, this is updated fresh. So these are accurate numbers. Blazers, 55% chance to be the eighth seed. Suns, 25% chance. First time the Suns have been one or two this entire time. 7 0 straight up, 7 0 against the spread. Fez, I saw, you know, listen, the bookies, we know how dastardly they are. We'll be talking about actually the college football betting. Fugazi, they're 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 acting like they're being generous, but they're actually being being greedy. No one gets it, or at least a lot of people don't. We'll talk about it. But even the dastardly bookies, I heard, I didn't bet this, but the Suns were out there at two hundred to one to make the playoffs, entering the bubble. So that's an absolute fact. I mean, this is, they're now one in four. They were 200 to one. Yeah, going seven and oh will give you quite a, a juice in your odds, right? Well, no doubt. But still, you look at it, if the Grizzlies had been halfway decent, the Suns would have had no chance no matter what. Amazing point because Phoenix could have got eight and oh. Can't get much still any can go better than that. Yeah. And, and, and get locked out still. And the Grizzlies, man, you, I mean, whew. I mean, not to be one of the two. Yeah, the thought was, well, the nine is going to have a real good match against eight in Memphis. And now Memphis looks like they're struggling just to get the nine seed is their, is their best possibility. Yeah, no doubt. And I want to see the Suns and Blazers. And I want to pull back the curtain a little bit, Jonas, on the way Fezzik does his power ratings. NFL is his favorite sport, his best sport. NBA second. You do... Origin, uh, you originate in those sports. What does that mean? You bet your own stuff with no other feedback. Whereas in the other sports, sometimes, but mostly, you got your opinions, you got your network, and that's the way it works. You can't be an expert at everything. So what do you do? You become conversant at it. And then because you're so good at the NFL and NBA, other professionals who emphasize the other sports trade with you. Now, you don't tend to give them credit, but, but you know, they're fine with that, I guess, if they're getting your picks. <laughs> I mean, I should maybe reach out to them as, I'll tell you when I don't like these picks. <laughs> no yeah. doubt. There might be some value there. How much have you upgraded the Blazer? So we're going to go into the how a professional batter looks at this reality right now. Because... As a guy that's skeptical of the big headlines of the 61, I'm thinking the Suns maybe should have been upgraded more than the Blazers. So how much have you upgraded the Blazers? Blazers, three-and-a-half-point upgrade since play started in the bubble. 
Okay, now you're sure on this one. I'm sure. Now, what was it when we we were talking like four or five days ago? What was the upgrade? No, it's been three and a half. So you're saying that like last night doesn't move anything? The last three games have not changed their ratings. They've basically been hitting expectations the last three games. Okay, because actually if you look at the spread, they were what, three-point favorites in before last night, the prior two games – and it fell right around three. Exactly. All these games have been landing just on the number or within a point of the number. So does that mean that your power ratings and the markets are in line right now with the Blazers? Yes. So you're not betting on them necessarily because the lines in the market, uh, which really the lines represent the market, you think, yeah, that's right. So you're not betting on them. You're not betting against exactly them. Exactly right. I have the Blazers power rated very high, but so does the marketplace. So we are in agreement there. Plus three and a half. So where does that rank the Blazers in the West? The own, oh seventh. I'm sorry, fourth in the West. Fourth best team in the West. And, okay. and it wasn't a trick question. Yeah, the rating. I have them four points better than an average team. That's the fourth best team in the West. Okay, fourth best team. And so the obvious teams in the well, I, I mean, obviously the Lakers and Clippers and Houston. Houston. Now Westbrook, right now, they're saying uncertain his status. Have you heard anything lately on that, John? I've, I've just heard it's a strain of the quad muscle and that he's uncertain for the start of the playoffs, which uh, begin next week. I haven't heard that it's anything really serious. Yeah, it doesn't but, seem super yeah. serious. But the headline at ESPN about an hour ago said uncertain. But yeah. again, I think we're. I want. I mean, it doesn't see. I haven't seen the odds moving against them. So, how much better is Houston, in your opinion, than Portland? I've got Houston. Two points better. Really? Yes. Wow. So when did you cut this Houston team? Now you've been having to swallow some um, humble pie here. You were so skeptical at the trade. How have have you upgraded them significantly in the bubble? Or I, was, or I did upgrade them by one point in the bubble during this run of games. Yes, because I frankly I really liked what I've seen from Houston, and you're right. I was skeptical. You and you warned me. You said Fez just because. They're short doesn't mean they can't play. Well, I mean, to me, Daryl Morey is too smart to do something that so obviously is wrong. So when everyone's saying how dumb the move is, a brilliant fellow doesn't make dumb moves. He might make mistakes. He might make not make the right move. But if you aren't seeing, it's just like in sports batting. Here's a great tip for you, Jonas. You can take this home with you. <laughs> if you don't see the other, the, the, rationale for the other side, the, the devil's advocacy, then you're missing something. There's all Because if there's not a clear reason to bet both sides, then why is the line what it is? Right? So we like it when we say, I get why teams are betting this team. We just don't agree with it. But if you don't get it, it means you're missing something. And it makes a ton of sense because why would the line be there if it was obviously a dumb bet? And Daryl Morey is a really smart guy, and he's a great GM. And we can debate winning the big one and all that, but that's a, you know, all I know is this Golden State, based on the Vegas perspective, is the best team ever to play the NBA. Jordan, you would say the Bulls potentially would be that team. They're, they're 72 win year. Well, that year, year after, they were about even money against the field. Bulls, Plus 100, field, plus 100, no VIG, whatever. Okay. But 
Golden State had multiple years starting the year. They were like minus 180, minus 200. You had to bet $2 to win a dollar. That's the best team ever, and it's not even close. Do you agree? Of course, yeah, because you're up against the entire rest of the NBA. That's just I mean, amazing. literally, you would get paid. If you had bet Michael Jordan his best year entering the year, your 100 would have won you 100. Doing that with Golden State, your 100 would have won you 50. You win half as, as much, much with Golden State. They're that much better relative to the league. Now, you might say the league was weak. Come on. It's not weak. So... The fact that Houston had two viable chances to beat them in a seven-game series, that means Houston could be the second-best team of all time. <laughs> it's a great point. And not just viable chances, but— Those teams in those years. If yeah. you took a snapshot in Game 6, you're like, oh my gosh, Houston's a, a, a significant favorite to win the series. And then obviously Chris Paul and the injury. So I think it's hard to be critical of Daryl Morey and the fact that we didn't know— it wasn't clear why he was doing what he was doing meant we weren't seeing something. You, though, was oblivious. It was, oh, he's dumb. Anthony Davis going to score 60 <laughs> against uh, Tucker and company. They, he'll be unstoppable. Well, he wasn't the last time they played. That's Steve Fezzik. I'm R.J. Bell with Jonas Knox. We're straight out of Vegas. Okay. Houston is that much better. That surprises me. Blazers fourth. What would be the series odds Lakers Blazers, which is favored to happen right now. I want two numbers. What do you think the number should be? And what do you think the number will be? Because the market isn't always in line. I think the number will be Lakers favored minus 300. Okay, so $3 wins you a dollar. And the underdog, what, plus 230 or so? Yeah. 100 wins you 230. Who do you like there, Jonas? Lakers minus 300 against Houston. No, this would be against the Blazers, oh. assuming that we get to 1-8. I would still take the, I would take the Lakers in that. Minus 300. Yeah. Your uh, colleague Colin Cowherd today was talking about like doing a post-mortem on the Lakers somehow. <laughs> like, it, like the season was already over. Who's favored to win the title right now? The Lakers. Yeah. I mean, still favored. I think there is cause for pessimism, but they are still favored to win the title. In fact, we'll talk about it later. Milwaukee Bucks have been downgraded at this point. Right? Yeah, not good for my 3-1 to one bet on the Bucks. that was looking good. When we come back, first break, we're going to talk about how good the Phoenix Suns are. We now have an idea on Portland. We'll also talk about what you think the line should be in that Laker-Portland series. That's coming up next, but first straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone is America's number one battery destination. No matter what battery problems you're dealing with, you can find your battery solution at AutoZone. Next time you're having starting trouble, start at AutoZone. America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone. AutoZone. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a closer look at the wild finish in the Western Conference. What are the odds the Lakers get beat by the Blazers? Fezzik's number will surprise you. Just a minute or two. Great day to join us. We are the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. We appreciate your support so much. We promise best football season yet. Got some surprises. Actually got another team to preview later on this hour. You can listen to us on 225 stations. 
over the air, free. And if you're not sure about your station, go to foxsportsradio.com. You can hear the streaming there, or you can just look up your station in your area. It's that simple. Here in Las Vegas, 106 degrees on the strip. Excessive heat warning. The neon is flowing. So, RJ, we were talking about Damian Lillard's 61-point performance last night. The Blazers now find themselves in the eighth seed to try and obtain that final playoff spot in the Western Conference with play-in games coming up this weekend. So, Fez, you project that the betting market will make the Lakers favored in the series over the Blazers if it happens. What was that number? Minus 300. 300. So... What you're saying is the market's saying, and there's there's vigorous in there. There's the commission in there, but the market's saying it's like mm, less than 25% chance, or actually more than 25% chance, but by a smidge that the Blazers are going to win. Yes. What do you think the true odds are? I think it's better for Portland, 30%. 30%. So Jonas, almost one in three, almost that the that the eighth seed beats the one. Now, I still remember Matumbo holding the ball after, what was it, Seattle, I think? Yeah, Seattle-Denver. Was yeah. that a five-game series, though? Five games, yes. Yep. Has the eight beat the uh, one in a seven-game series? I don't know if that was before the Knicks in the mid-'90s Yeah, well, it was after. Well, the Knicks were, was 99. It was a strike year, or, right? Yeah, 99. So, yeah, I don't know or, if that or was. Or the holdout year, yeah. So, hmm. Wow, I don't know. Because they did make the finals, right? Yeah. So this would be shocking. I mean, Colin's already doing his post-mortem on the Lakers. We <laughs> talked about that. Jonas, what is it that makes you optimistic? It seems like you haven't been rattled at all. Not that you're a big Lakers supporter, but you haven't really been um, – you don't question them as much as other people are. Why is that? Well, no, I mean, I think Portland is a scary matchup for anybody right now. My my big question mark is maybe we can't take the same narratives and the same discussions that we would normally take into a normal uh, NBA playoff series. I don't know that we can do that for the bubble because, man, maybe Portland has just adapted better than everyone else. So I do think the, it, the Lakers, it is cause for concern, but I think ultimately when you've got to rely on a guy to score 61 points and you still and you still could have lost that game from last night I just wonder if he's got enough help around him yeah so so you're saying part of it is pro or or, or not so skeptical about the Lakers but also you're more skeptical about the Blazers than a lot of people are right now I, I would just say that it feels like there's a lot of hype around Dame Lillard. All of that is warranted, but it still feels like a tall task to try and get past LeBron James and Anthony Davis in a seven-game series. Now, Fez, you're a big fan of Dame Lillard. In fact, at various points at your house with your small child and your wife, at times you're shout out. It's Dame time! <sighs> I mean... Listen, I pre I love that you're comfortable with it. It's From the parking lot, RJ. 35-footer. <laughs> you know what's funny? It's just like Steph, a guy like Fezzik could dream that he could be Dame. Like you don't you can't dream you're going to be Kevin Durant, <laughs> right? But you can dream, I mean you you and Dame's about the same height. Maybe Steve slightly Kerr. a slightly different body type. A yeah, slightly yes. I mean, but you know, you got better hair. I mean, because you got better hair than anybody. <laughs> Research, Mackenzie, 
comes up with it, the We Believe Warriors in 2008 beat the Mavs, recall. That's right. Yep, that's right. And the Knicks, though, was a five-game series in 99. They went over the heat. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're on it here, straight out of Vegas. Okay, the Phoenix Suns, three points better since the bubble. Upgrade, upgrade three points. Blazers, three and a half. I make the case the Suns have been more impressive in the bubble. Why Blazers' bigger upgrade? Because the Phoenix upgrade is largely just based upon their level of play. They played seven solid games. but with the Solid. Seven and zero straight up. Seven. That's called perfection. Yes, and Booker is playing tremendous. They're superstar, but there's no additions to the team to explain why so this the, should be a so, better team. So the upgrade is how well they've played in these seven games. Yes, the Blazers have played well in these games, not as well, but there's other reasons to upgrade them. Exactly right. If you look at the personnel, Nurkic was coming off a broken leg. He looks a hundred percent, and Gary Trent Jr. This is a 21 year old guy. Now his dad is Gary Trent Senior. I know that. <laughs> and he, and the junior did not move the needle at all prior to the pandemic. After he's making more than half his threes, averaging 18 points per game, he's been a difference maker. No. Skeptic would say seven games for a guy that hadn't any pedigree. How excited do you get? I wouldn't if it would have been a 30-year-old, but here's a 21-year-old second-year guy that clearly has brought his game to a new level. That's Steve Fezzik and R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. Okay, so that Phoenix team, though, you've got them ranked eighth in the West, and there's one playoff team that is worse than them, the Utah Jazz. So Jazz might be fourth, fifth seed, but you've got them the ninth best. What is it that makes you so skeptical about the Jazz? Yeah, so the Jazz, Bogdanovich opted out, so he's their long-range bomber. And frankly, the Jazz haven't played very well in the bubble, two and five. So not a lot to be excited about from the Jazz. Okay, so at 6.30 Eastern, we've got Sixers and Raptors. Uh, I think the Sixers might be injured and with questionable motivation. Raptors Lane 6, pregame.com. Faz, you want to just pick one and I'll bet against you? <laughs> like, like, whoever you want. I'll pick Toronto because they've just been consistently good throughout the ball. Nah, I'm not betting the Sixers. Are you crazy? <laughs> Are you crazy? All right, Joe. I think we maybe talk a little college football because would you agree? Let me maybe start by asking you. Would you agree the fact that the Big 12's putting out a schedule and all that, that's probably better than we would have expected 48 hours ago? Yeah, I would say so, because everyone looked at the Big 12 as maybe being sort of the linchpin, you know, uh, majority rules. If a third Power 5 decided Mm -hmm. to opt out, it would be a problem. The fact that they met for about an hour and they came out and less than 24 hours later, they released a schedule, including non-conference opponents, and they released their new testing protocols, which include, uh, include heart monitoring throughout the week in case anything happens, that tells me they're serious about wanting to play. So I really do respect the way that you consume so much of the media and you tend to distill it down to what matters, in my opinion. And we're lucky to have you on the show. Last two days, how is your mind, what information has caused you to say, hmm, and, and maybe not change your opinion of all this, but rather 
bring it to our attention, the noteworthy thing or two? Uh, I would say that when the rumors came out that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 were thinking about shutting it down, that you had a lot of people shouting from the mountaintop saying, yes, it's the right thing. It's what they should do. And I think that there was so much momentum in that in that way that it started getting everyone to feel like, man, we're not going to get any college football. And then when you had the SEC come out and then you had the ACC come out and then you had smaller conferences like the AAC and the Sun Belt all come out and say, no, we're OK playing. And then the Big 12 on top of it, it feels like the pendulum has swung the other way and people are more and more optimistic about the possibility of having a season. If I offered you, and I'm not looking to bat it, but if you had a 50-50 bat, is there, you know, let's just say this. If Army plays somebody or whatever, which, you know, hey, congrats, but is there going to be like 100-plus college football games this year? Would you bet yes or no? I would bet yes. Fez? Yes. Really? And I would have bet no yesterday. So what what causes that? Well, the mere fact that the dominoes aren't falling the other major conferences. So the are, dominoes as in once the two went, you would have expected the other three to go. Exact, or at least one of them, and then it puts more pressure on the other two. Exactly. Think about just five months ago when all the college basketball tournaments got taken off the board. As soon as one of them decided not to play, all of them within you know half a day canceled their conference tourneys. That's not happening here. And I think that it's always hard to tell. Is it the merit of the situation? Whereas I think with COVID in hindsight, that those decisions, there wasn't really an alternative to make. So I don't think it was so much a domino. It was just the facts being obvious to everybody. Here, I do think the facts aren't obvious. I've asked this of other people. Let me ask it of you is if we analyze the risk, not even versus the reward, but what's the downside? It strikes me that if you take out all the equal things. Every, what's left is, if you play, you have additional contact with other people by playing, practicing and playing. No doubt that increases your risk. Just that. The upside of playing is you have a, the best medical care. You're, everyone around you is getting tested. And there's a sense you're part of something bigger than yourself. Most kids feel like they're indestructible, especially a Division One athlete. But now it's not about them getting, you know, sick. It's about the team maybe suffering if they get sick because they might be, you know, give it to somebody else. And it strikes me, and this uh, is a piece of information that's been making the rounds, as you know, people are talking about the second leading cause of death for youngsters the age of college athletes is suicide and if you think about it what you know i don't think in any one case you can explain why suicide happens but i think overall in a in a macro sense it happens because of hopelessness of the the tomorrow won't be better right if you're in pain the only thing you hope for is that tomorrow is going to be better and a year is a long time I mean, it's been a long time since you were 18, 20 years old, but think about how long your junior year of high school was. I mean, the endless Friday nights alone. I mean... I was at the chess club. (laughs) There you go. The endless nights at the chess club. And these kids have irrational exuberance about their potential. It might be a kid that's not even starting, that's a junior, that's thinking they could go to the league. 
And and that's part of the joy of it, right? They everyone thinks they have a chance. You just got to wonder. Maybe obviously there will be I think you would expect. Yeah, I yeah, I would bet if I could bet. I don't know for sure, but would there be like additional drastic actions taken by teens or the players because they don't have football? I think it's very possible. Yeah. And I also think that even if the lack of discipline or the lack of um, focus on their own health means that they start hanging out with people without worrying about social distancing. I would make the case that you balance those two things, that that at worst it's a net neutral to play, and I think it was probably a slight lean that it's a positive to play if you only look at the COVID. Yeah, I agree, and it's a great point that if I could bet Who's going to, what team is going to have more COVID cases, USC, a Pac 12 team, or uh, an SEC team that plays like Alabama? I actually think it's more likely the kids from a USC would catch it because they're not going to be social distancing away from the ballpark like they, the teams that play will. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I also think to your point, RJ, when you talk about, you know, kids not having hope and they work all this time and, and all these years, a majority of them are never going to get a shot at the NFL. This is their last chance to suit up and go do something they really, really, truly love with the guys that they've been playing with for the past three, four years. What's even worse than that is the fact that they're going to see other people get to do it. And that's going to be a reminder every oh, that's single an week. Interesting point. Every single I mean, week, they're going to see someone have what they can't have because somebody up top made a decision for them. And you got the Big Ten saying, Nebraska, if you play anywhere, you're yeah. out of the conference. Now, we this is research we did, pregame.com. Mackenzie, good work here. Suicide rate in athletes versus the general population of that age. So, student athletes, suicide rate. One in a hundred thousand. Okay. 18 to 22, general population, 12 in a hundred thousand. 12 times as many suicides for non student athletes. Now, is that chicken and the egg, right? So, on one hand, you could say the, um, the team connection and all that gives you a sense of purpose and all that, so you don't feel hopeless, or are the type of people who tend to be hopeless, not the types that can participate in sports. So I think there's two sides to it for sure, but it's unequivocal. It's not 12X. I mean, think about this. How many kids who went to either Iowa or Iowa state were recruited by the other school? majority because that's those are the rival schools mm. you're in state the fact that you're an Iowa player and you chose to go to Iowa and you don't get to play this year but the school in your own state Iowa State does that would really piss me off if I was an Iowa football player I'd be really really bothered by the idea of that you gotta wonder because after the as we talked about the presidents who voted um to suspend or not play the fall in some cases, most certainly, in many cases, it was political pressure. It was pressure where, not even political pressure, I think it was the risk is to play, the safe decisions not to play. And thus, these are political animals, not like vote for Trump or vote for Biden political, but infighting the politics of a, a university, right? And the people who become presidents are the best at that. They're the best at the political game. But then with all of the pushback, the hashtag and 
it became there was pressure on both sides. It was now if you vote not to play, there's pressure there too. The fact they didn't defer it, the fact that they, I think everyone assumed the Big Ten was going to wait a couple weeks at this point. Yeah. The fact they said, no, let's just end this now, that surprised me. What, I mean, Jones, what do you think caused that? I mean, it seems like it makes them seem reactionary. If they wait and maybe even some spikes happen and, and they can make their case better, why vote and not just wait a couple weeks to decide for sure. I wonder if they just wanted to be the first ones out. If they wanted to be the first which ones. Which would be political, right? Yeah, it would which, be like, yeah. we're that woke. Yeah, that, and that that's my only thing. I wonder if they thought, all right, we're going to be the first ones out. Everyone's going to cancel anyway. So as long as we're the first ones, we can show that we're setting the precedence on, uh, precedent on what to do here as far as how to deal with COVID moving forward with fall football, only to find out it was only the Pac-12 that's joining them. And as of right now, majority of the Power Fives are playing. And listen, if you're someone on the left progressive and you're saying, come on, guys, it's just the facts. Listen. If you don't think that with some people, I think a majority of people that are politically cognizant, that are thinking about it, it's become an identity. If you're right or left, it's equally true, right? If you're on the left, is the general ethos, the beliefs of the left is something that you feel often strongly about. And if you're on the right, it's the same thing. And things that don't even seem political are, and to act like, to say that you're skeptical that anything is political, meaning that I don't care what it is, there's probably a political, well, oh, look, there's red on that shampoo bottle. I don't, I'm blue, baby. I don't, I mean, it's really, that might be a little extreme, but I'm not sure. It's not that far. So I think Jonas's theory is, is at least reasonable at minimum. As an Ohio State grad, I think we're in the wrong conference. I thought Big Ten, I thought the Big Ten was about football, right? I get that there's good school. I mean, Northwestern's not good, but I mean, there's good schools in the Big And Ohio, Ohio State's like 40th in the country academically, but they they have the heart of an SEC team. I think it's fair oh, to say. Oh, no doubt. All right. And the success. College football betting has been suspended. People are missing a key element, a key factor associated with it. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. You can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. We'll take our last break now. And then we got Fez. You got a best bet coming up on one of the previews for the NFL. I do. We'll talk about the college football betting quickly. This is jam-packed. Also, downgrade for the Milwaukee Bucks. That's coming up next. But first, Straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone is America's number one battery destination. No matter what battery problems you're dealing with, you can find your battery solution at AutoZone. Next time you're having starting trouble, start at AutoZone. America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone. AutoZone. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., the countdown continues from Las Vegas. The 32 teams in the NFL, 32 all the way down to one. And now we find ourselves at team number 21 in the NFC North. Chicago Bears. And, Fez, you got a best bet. 
It's not a lean. So hit us with the best bet. Yeah, best bet under eight wins. Got to pay a little extra vig on this one. It's all about Chicago won eight games last year, and the season win number is eight. Why shouldn't it be the same? And here's why, RJ. That eight wins last year put an asterisk by those eight wins, and here's why. Week 17 against Minnesota. Minnesota rested all their starters at home. Mannion quarterback Minnesota. Minnesota basically gifted the game, if you will, to the Bears because it meant nothing to Minnesota, and the Bears just barely won it. I don't believe they would have won that game. Yeah, okay, so they should have maybe won set. Well, they had a chance to win the game, so maybe they picked up two-thirds of the win. That's the handicap? And the Bears got to play two games against the backup quarterbacks for Detroit, Driscoll and Blau. If Stafford had played... I would have expected Detroit would go 1-1, but Detroit went 0-2 against the Bears. The Bears win both those games, both of them close. They could have gone either way. Bears just barely beat right, so backup you're saying, scrubs. You're saying if the Bears are as good as they were last year, under eight's a good bet. Do you think they're as good? Do you think they're worse? What do you think about the, the truth of the Bears? I think they're just about the same. The big question, can the Bears be better at quarterback? Because Trubisky does not appear to be the answer. You bring in Foles, some optimism about that. But with it being a COVID year and everything, you have to question whether Foles is going to be an upgrade because limited Or you got a question. Time. I mean, here's the thing. Mike Lombardi, friend of the show, made a good point here. He said, if they put Trubisky on the bench. If they bench him, he's done in Chicago. The first time they bench him. So they got to start Trubisky. And remember, we've actually got both sides of this bet in in a way that we're going to win no matter what. We took plus money both times, guys. This was beautiful. But at this point, I think Trubisky has to start almost. There's not enough, there's no preseason game. And if you start with him on the bench, that's it. Where do you go from there? You get one more shot with Trubisky. You know how it is? You're not a smoker. I'm not a smoker. But in college, I had a cigarette or two. You have a lighter. You try it three times, and it doesn't light. But lo and behold, before you throw it away, you try it one more time. Trubisky, we're going to try that lighter one more time if you're the Bears. Probably not going to light, but you're not paying anything more to try it one more time. So I think it's going to be Trubisky early. Do you consider that to be good or bad for your bet? I consider it to be good because there's a possibility. There's a higher ceiling for Foles. But bottom line, I went back Foles. If you go back seven years, well below average QBR. Make it that monster year. Well, yeah. Make it official. Official. Chicago Bears under eight wins, minus 125. 11 and 0 on his best bets. Though somehow there's no bets to settle for months and months <laughs> for a long time. He had one, one. Real quick, guys. Downgrade on Milwaukee. All the losing Lakers did, no real downgrade for title watch. All the losing Milwaukee's done, no real downgrade until now. They were plus 280 to win the title, now plus 325. It looks like optimism for Toronto. Toronto has gone from 20 to 1 to 10 to 1 just in the bubble. Last thing, big thing about college football, not taking any bets right now, the sports books, and they're saying this. Now, here's the thing they're saying, we're going to pay no matter what if the Heisman is given. If there's 12 games, we'll play on the over. There's not going to be 12 games. There's not going to be a Heisman. They just want to hold your money. The, the bookies are cockroaches. We tell you that all the time. Everyone's celebrating. Oh, look, they're letting them, they're paying us off. No, they're telling you they're going to pay you on something that will never happen, and that's they're holding your money during a time that cash flow really matters for businesses chicanery 
If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. The Odd Couple is next on many of these Fox Sports Radio affiliates. We are straight out of Vegas, back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, you can find the show on the iHeartRadio app.